Yes, people. It is day six. Day six of the 65th BFI London Film Festival. And today we take a look at three new features. All right. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely a good one. So, people, are you ready? Should we um, get this popping off? Righty, righty, right, people, you ready? Let's get it popping. We have got All Is Vanity up now. All right, people, so... One thing I really like about the festival, right, is it, it gives the opportunity for first-time directors to show off what they can do, right? And you're able to see this, you know, just complete different array of content, you know, whether it's thrillers, dramas, comedy, you know, Stuff that defies genres. Uh, it's always interesting. And so we get to see Marcus Morel's feature debut, All Is Vanity. So Marcus, he wrote, directed, and produced the piece. Uh, the music is from Tristan Sewer. Yeah, I believe that's right. Cinematography is Murat Urshin. It's edited by Damon Tetlebom. Costume design is Phoebe Shu Ching Chang. Uh, makeup is Carolina Pochut. Um, yeah, that's about the, uh, the back-end crew. And then our cast... We have Sid Phoenix. He plays the photographer. We've got Yazin Aruzi. Um, he plays the intern. Isabel Bonfrey plays the model. We've got um, Rosie Steele as the makeup artist. Christopher Sherwood's in it. Uh, David Sayers. Sam Halpenny and Jonathan Harden. All right, so uh, yeah, that's our cast. And the gist of the film is this an eccentric photographer, his eager assistant, a jaded makeup artist, and a bored model gather for a fashion shoot in a London warehouse. But when one of their number disappears, events take a turn for the bizarre. Beginning as a deft lo-fi satire um, of the hipster fashion world before continually morphing into something different across its short, breathless runtime. Um, yeah. I mean, I always respect people trying different things, you know what I mean, even if you feel it works or it doesn't, right, it, it's trying to be different, right, I did not, man, I didn't like the Star Wars trilogies, any of them, to be honest, <laughs> whether it was the Lucas ones or the recent ones, but I will say, right, the middle film shot by, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, god damn it, he he then went on and did uh, ah, <laughs> uh, knives out, knives out, knives out, Ryan. Ugh, I say, I want to say Johnson, but I don't know if I don't think that's right, but we'll say Ryan Johnson just for now, right? I liked. I, you know, I mean, I didn't like the film in general, but I like the fact that it tried different shit, right? It, it did stuff that wasn't necessarily your typical Star Wars stuff, right? They played around with the story, right? I enjoyed that, 
I, I thought that was great, you know, and I think with all his vanity, it's trying some different things, right? It's all shot on a single location, essentially, right? We we, we have a two other locations, I feel, right? Outside, makeup room, and the main room. Yeah, I think that's basically it. But yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, you know, confined, generally, right? So we start off, our photographer and his intern, you know, they, they show up, they sign the lease, they get the room, and then it's waiting for other people to turn up, right? And we see, you know, the, the makeup artists arrive, and then eventually the model does, and it's... It's kind of a look at like the fashion industry, I guess. Right? That's what I thought it was all gonna be, right? The, this kind of microscopic look at, right? Poking fun at, you know what I mean? Showing the the four balls of all of this. It's not though. <laughs> like 45 minutes in. I believe it is, it, it kind of then takes a, a 180. Then about, uh, I'd say, 10 minutes later, it takes another swerve. So you're like, wait, what? You know what I mean? And I thought, oh, the first, you know what I mean, the first twist, I didn't mind too much just because... There were some things within the film itself that you're just like, and that doesn't necessarily like. Why would they bring that into it, right? Why? There's a point where um, our intern makes a discovery, and it's a bit random, right? It's a bit random, especially for UK. You feel me? So that was a bit like. "Mm." So yeah, when we then completely shift it you know okay all right we we can you know if we're then just kind of doing something on this that kind of makes more sense right because it's just like yes these are the stupid things that we do sometimes blah, 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 blah. but yeah then it becomes something completely different which yeah then makes it a little weird right it makes it a little weird. Although when we do our first, we then do veer off right into breaking the fourth wall. And it, and it's like <laughs> what <laughs> it's a bit weird. It's a bit weird. I'm like uh yeah, I don't know, right? I don't know. I mean, we we watch a lot of different sort of things, right? And I do enjoy the indie stuff, right? Low budget, you know, because you can still tell a good story, right? If the story is strong, budget, it doesn't always matter. It doesn't always matter, right? Give me a solid script, over, you know, bangs and whistles, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I don't know if the script here is overly strong. I think it, it could maybe have done with some edits, you know what I mean? They, like, Marais has split the film up into kind of four chapters. So we got, nice to meet you, we open with that. Then what do we have? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, what really happened to Anastasia? Sinking ships and last night, right? There are four chapters. I did that. So, one thing I did think they were gonna do, which they don't, right? And I was like, ah, I, I thought we were gonna play with this. So, you know, we had the intern make tea. 
um, at the beginning of the film, right? There's two occasions where he makes tea and we see the cup, right? See the cup, put in a tea bag and then pour the water. But before anything goes into the cup, we're looking down at it. So you see a message in the bottom of the cup, right? Now, um, I think the first one said something along the lines of, um, I think you're very nice. Something like that. And then the second one is, you've been poisoned. Which, eh, a bit, but, you know, it could be a bit abstract, right? A metaphor for something. But, yeah, I, I thought throughout the film, we might have, you know, tea breaks and then these kind of, like, little abstract statements. But, no, that, that that's not what we got, which was a shame. I really thought that could be fun. But, uh, yeah, and so our film is kind of split up. And we, you know, you, you think because, you know, so we have this intern, like, straight away it's just like, you know, the photographer's just like, uh, oh, be careful. London, it's not for everyone. And it is funny because um, something like that was said in Last Night in Soho, right? And I kind of feel you could say that about any big city, right? <laughs> you could say that about any big city or anywhere you go. This might not be for you, right? I, I remember just going to um, Bath. I thought Bath is lovely. That city ain't for me, man. Shit just shuts way too early. Way too early. And there's not enough there. Right? Not enough there. There's not enough options for me to be like, yeah, I could stay here. You know? So, yeah, that's not for me. Right? And that's the thing. There's a lot of places which you look at. But, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird how it's always said like in this context but um so we have that and they're talking about you know career right the cover letter gets brought up a lot and you think okay so it, it might be this thing where we, we kind of talk about naivety you know the way a system can break people down right you've that might be the the the, the thrust of this piece right this look at the fashion world but it's not really, you know, and we get some very weird statements. It's like out of nowhere, there's a conversation. It's just like, a, like, just don't walk through the door, Luke. You know, he's talking about opportunities and, or be ready to walk through the door, something like that. It's a, or roundabout, like, opportunities, right? Be ready for those opportunities and don't miss out. But they, it came out of nowhere, right? That's the thing. Sometimes some of the conversation doesn't quite flow. Now, the way it is presented, though, Right, it is fine because you know we, we have this shoot and it's over so many hours and all of this kind of thing. So sometimes we kind of step into moments, right? So a conversation has been taking place and we've kind of come in at the tail end, or you know, they're they're just about to start talking about something now and it kind of revere over there you know what i mean so that i don't mind but it's just i felt the conversations that the characters were having didn't really feel real a lot of the times you know like at the beginning we start off with an intern who's kind of a bit more reserved but then we have him making jokes about someone being possibly on coke and shit like that and you just think i don't know if the character we saw at the beginning is 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 making those quips you know what i mean 
it is just a bit like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, dear. And then, um, yeah, so we take, you know, our first shift, our first big shift in the story. So there's there's a lot of arguments and conversations around, um, let's say, script, right? But you kind of then feel that's all well and good, but that's not the place to say it. You know what I mean? And and, and so it's like you're you're doing a thing and you're trying to present this as, but then you have everyone acting in a way that you're like, yeah, you know, people don't do wouldn't be doing that on set, right? Or if they are, they're assholes. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not being helpful. Now, it's all well and good to in your trailer. Or, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like, do whatever. But disrupting, yeah, that, that's a bit funky. It's a bit funky. I don't know, man. But, yeah, then we break the fourth wall in this weird way that really feels out of place, right, really feels out of place and weird, you know, like, there's a complaint about a certain line, but to be honest, that's not the worst line in the film, <laughs> it's not the worst line in the film, so it's just like, all right, if you're going to complain about that, then what about some of the other fair, how about some of that, right, now our second shift it then you know really puts the cat amongst the pigeons but if you kind of thought there's a lot of assumptions being made without then any sort of clarifying the situation you know so yeah i don't know man it, it's a bit of a it's an odd it is odd but as i said I respect the fact that the attempts were made. You know what I mean? That they were like, you know what? We're going to try something a little different. You know, we don't want to just do your standard fair. Let's uh, let's do a thing. So, yeah, I respect that. You know what I mean? And so, right, you might not have caught the film today. It was at the uh, Curzon Soho. Very nice. But you might be able to see it on the 13th of October. It's Wednesday. I guess you could have figured that one out, right? It's showing at quarter past three. You know what I mean? 315. Um, so yes, it is kind of midday-ish. And as of right now, it says it's sold out is an NFT free, which is one of the smaller screens. I do like the screen though, right? Do like that. The studio is fun as well. But as said before, you know, um, there's often times returns. So if you want to see this, you want to check it out. You want to support, you know, in local indie independent fair. I didn't really need to say indie then independent because they both mean the same thing. Yeah, I get that. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to do that, yeah, go check on the day because it returns, people. Returns. All right. But uh, yeah, all links are in the episode details. We've got their Instagram, you know, their Facebook, right? Uh, the website. So Hey, go follow if if you like what you see. If you see, you know what I mean, like uh, promise in what you see. Follow them, right? Keep track. See what they're gonna be doing next. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, all is vanity. It is. Uh, it's different, right? It's very different. So. I don't know, man. Roll that dice. See what you think. Yes, 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 people. So now 
Now, people, oh, this is a good one, right? Have you ever worked in a kitchen or wondered what it's like, right? Hey, well, this one is going to give you a little bit of a taste, right? A little bit, an appetizer. We've got boiling point, people. Check it out. So okay, people, so this is why I love the London Film Festival, right? Because, and I love doing the whole press thing, right? Because you just get to see some real interesting stuff, right? Stuff that you might not have seen. You know what I mean? There's, I will watch most things. You know, I aim to watch most things because of this reason. You know, and I kind of feel if you're talking about it, it shouldn't just be the same old, same old stuff you would normally watch. You need to mix that shit up, right? So, people, today I went to see Boiling Point, right? It, it was definitely one of those who had to do some, you know what I mean, little maneuvers, had to, had to take a half day at work, but boom, went to see it. Uh, and I'm so glad I did. So glad I did, people. So it is um, directed by Phil. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. How do I say this name? Um, Baratini. All right. Not, not, as, not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, Phil Baratini, who co-wrote with James Cummings. Uh, so we have, boy, <laughs> there are a whole heap of producers up on this. All right, so our main producers are Hester Roof and Bart Rosboli. Now, we've got executive producers out to Kazis, right? Um, all right, co producer is Stefan Debart. Um, executives are Baratini. Um, we have got uh, Bob Clark. We got Michael L. Gilmore, Angus Henderson, Anthony Jabbar, Gareth Jones, Ian Kirk, Paul Miller, Ray Pafanki, uh, Sarah Sedith. Ward Trowman, Hannah Walters, and Samantha Warham. Music is Aaron May and David Ridley. Cinematography is Matthew Lewis. It's edited by Alex Fontaine. Casting is Caroline McLeod. Production design, Amy Meek. Art director, Deb Milner. Costumes, Karen Smythe. I mean, yeah, we could probably go on and on and on. All right, so the gist, the gist of this film is, um, oh, yeah, I'm an idiot, aren't I? I, did, I haven't told you the cast. Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Okay, so we have got... Um, who have we got? Let me get Stephen Graham is Andy Jones, his head chef. We got James Fleming as Alistair Sky. He's a, a celebrity chef, a Jamie Oliver type, if you recognize that name, people. We've got uh uh Izuka Hoyle. She plays Camille. Um, Andy's actually, I'm not quite sure what the, the next down is because Sue, I don't think Sue is the second in charge, right? I think Sue is just a line chef, essentially. I might be wrong, I might be wrong there, people. So, you know, all you chefs, don't be shouting at, at your screen, cussing me out here because you know. <laughs> um, we've got oh, who are the other chefs up in the place? 
Uh, oh gosh, I mean, there's so many different people. Like, you hear names, you'd be like, okay, all right. Uh, anyway, let's say we got Philip Hill Pearson, he's Mark. We have um, Kieran Erpelunt as Tim. We have Ray Papaki as Freeman. Hannah Waters is Emily. Uh, we have Londes Febiz as Sarah. She is a food critic. Um, and she comes to the restaurant with Alistair. We have Vincent A. Robinson as Carl. Uh Malachi Kirby is Tony. Stephen McMillan is Jamie. Amy, Aline Rose Daly is Robin. Um, we've got Alice Fifham as Beth, right? And she is, she run. she's like the manager. So she is the daughter of Andy's business partner. I think that's the gist with her. All right. We've got uh, Jordan Alexander as Bryony. Uh, Gary Lamont is Dean. Um, yeah, it, it, it's great. It's great. Um, Hannah Traylon is Holly. Oh, uh, Dijon Singh is Krish. Um, it's another chef in the place. Um, Gala Botero is Sophia. Uh, Robbie O'Neill is Frank. Yeah, I mean, uh, Daniel Laraki is Jake. Um, Lauren. Ajufu is Andrea. Shireen Waller is Hannah. I mean, there's a few more. Everyone kills it. Everyone kills it, people. And the uh, the gist of this is... Um, actually, where is our synopsis? Um, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, and actually, Baratini, right, so he, he made this originally as a short film in 2020, and I, I believe he got very good response, you know, won awards and all of that. So, yeah, he uh, transformed it, and it's, it's definitely good that he did. You know, and we follow Andy, an emotionally damaged and drug-addicted chef. Uh, he's Stephen Graham. And we follow him across one crazy busy night, no, crazy busy night in his top London restaurant. He has to deal with acrimonious staff, difficult customers, an old adversary, and the pressures of keeping a frantic kitchen and busy restaurant floor going a smart character study a realistic slice of life and a vivid window into a highly pressurized and strange working world Whew. i mean it is people i mean just listen i ain't even gonna try and string you along this is outstanding it is so fucking good Right, and I think one of the um, the big things about this, right, one of the the things people have taken note is the the choice to kind of do a lot of the things with single shot, you know, and you you do notice it, right? It, it's not all chopped up, it's not all edited to hell, and as I said, you really notice it with this because it's the 
the freneticism. I feel that's a word. Yeah, fuck it. If it's not, it is now the freneticism of just the scene. Now, have you, I don't know, have you worked in a kitchen or something crazy like that? I've, I've fucked around in a kitchen. Um, I've also, you know, worked at a cinema. I've worked in the cinema and handled everything. I, you know, maybe as I was just running the floor, I was running the cafe, the concessions, the box office, and it was just run, 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 run. The gallery, you know, in the section, and it was just running from spot to spot. You know, I mean, there's no time. There's no time, and you know, you know, I mean. There's no niceties. Look, you're not trying to be a dick. But, you know what I mean? I don't give a fuck how your dog is. You know what I'm saying? It's just, hey, okay, we need to change this. Um, okay, you can take your break. Fine, fine. That's cool. Let's go to this one. Boom, boom, boom. And you're just running around. You're just running around. And sometimes you do things like pick up a hot fucking tray or nearly knock yourself out on a door, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, which I have done, fallen downstairs multiple times, shit happens, and so the, the ability of uh, Maratini to capture all of this, oh my gosh, he, he does it so well, right, you really are drawn in to this crazy evening, and we see just everything going down, you know, from the beginning, right, we, we are introduced to Andy through some phone calls, he's trying to get accommodation sorted, he's trying to sort out visiting his kid, it's all a little just like, and then he gets to work, and it is not better, right, he walks in on something that I mean, you don't want, you wouldn't, oh, you would be pissed. You would be pissed that this has happened. And especially, like, on the lead up to Christmas, some of your busiest time, you know, all of this to go down. You know, you've got new staff, right? Staff that's been there for, you know, a year, but it's still kind of a little new, you know what I mean? And then they're doing just stupid errors, you know, washing your hands in the wrong space, not wearing gloves, just things that everyone knows. They know not to do the shit, but they do it. And they do it at a time when someone see, and it's just like, oh, fuck. So we have all of this going now. You know, there, there's issues with trying to get, you know, pay rises and new jobs and just all of that. You have people taking the piss. Right. One of the fun things is because so we got the kitchen staff and we got the bar staff. Right. And that's another crazy thing because sometimes it's never against you. You know what I mean? When you should technically all be pulling together, but there is that divide. Right. There is that divide. And when everything is going insane, you know what I mean? It's just. The shit gets passed out because the so I think I mentioned right. So Beth, she seems to be the daughter. Yeah, she is the daughter. We find that out later in the film. She's the daughter of you know the 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 uh, code of the restaurant, and she has no clue, right? But it's one of those ones where people they don't have a clue. So instead of you know finding out, right, familiarizing yourself, being a little humble, she's an asshole. She's a straight ass. And, hey, I'm sure you've worked with those people. I have worked with those people, right? I, I know uh, some of my peoples. All right, so 
when I worked in a cinema, right? I so I was running the floor and I hate people. So I wanted to get away from them and uh I I I taught myself projection. Well, I say I taught myself, I badgered the projection managers to show me how to lace up films, and then I kind of coerced my way into the projection booth. Um, Matt Fowler, big up, motherfucker. So, yeah, it was me, Matt, Matt, James, Puddle Perkins, um, Wesley. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Who's the other manager? Oh, man, Lurchy. I forget his homie's name. Damn. And then it was Graham, our handyman. And it was, oh, we had so much fucking fun. So much fun, people. But, um, yeah, that's the original crew, right? Some other people came along, but, you know. And, yeah, you could have fun. But some, here's the thing, right? If someone's, you see it, people piss you off and things like that. And so, usually, you, like, you cover for each other. You know, if someone's running a bit late, you might swipe them in. Like, you'd be like, oh, no, no, they're just around the back when you know they're, like, five minutes away or shit like that. But you, so you have scenes like that, right? Where he's like, where's it? And like, oh, and they cover. And, but then you've got that person who's just like, I don't like that motherfucker. I ain't covered. They're late. They're late. And you're just like, oh, shit. And so we're seeing all of this go down, right? We're seeing all of this go down. And it is... Oh, man, it, it, it's just so good because we're getting those small little things, the minutiae of the situations, right? I guess when you're, uh, most people are writing those scenes, you wouldn't have the person be like, no, they're not here, they're late. They're at an audition. You know what I mean? And just doing that, you, you'd be like, all right, someone covers, then we move on to this bit, blah, blah, blah. But Yo, Baradini just thought of all of these little points. We have the bits where, uh, you know, it's so busy. You know, plates are coming out of the, the warmer. Someone goes, grab a plate and be like, oh, shit, plate's hot. Oh, oh, oh. Just things like that, right? Small little things like that, which is, you know, yeah, that happens. But I guess you, you don't always think about just those little little kind of things you know, just the RC way some st customers are you know they, they there's clearly they have a you know a, a server that they really like and then if anyone else comes along they're an arse or even though right you've ordered food and that's the way that food is meant to be it's a, oh no, I didn't, I didn't want that. Ugh, that's not, no, you need to do this to it. It'd be like, but that is how it's done, right? If you wanted it differently, you should state that. Otherwise, you're going to get the traditional way it is done. You know, so all of these things go down. We have these fucking... Idiots come in, be like, we're influencers. You know what I mean? So just everything is going. Everything is going. Off menu, all, oh man, people. It is great. And just this, this situation, this evening, they have managed to make it so compelling. You know, we've got Alistair Sky coming, the celebrity chef, which... You know, Andy used to work for him, right? So there's that. But then adding on to that, this other stuff, which you don't expect, right? So that makes it super interesting. The the critic you think is going to be a certain way, but that gets really interesting, you know? Now, there is one thing that gets mentioned which you then know, okay, that's gonna, this is going to be something, right? And it is, but it still, it works, right? It works. And through all of this, 
right? We have all of this stuff going down and you're just like, oh, fuck, right? But we see the evolution of characters, which is super fun. And then the way it ends. Oh, my God. I think it it really does catch you. It really does catch you. And so we have this image, have this image. We fade to black and then we just hear some stuff and you're just like, fuck. And you'd be like, what happened? Come on, man, tell me. Oh. But it's, it's kind of great that you don't know, right? Because then you just wonder, oh, fuck, what, what was the rest of that evening like? Like, what happens the next day? Does that person take that, do that? Oh, what, where's it go? Where's it go? Right? Oh, my day, people. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Boiling Point. And although it is kind of a generic title, like if you type in Boiling Point film, whew, there's a lot of Boiling Point films, right? But, um, hey, it, it's really good. It's really good. So, obviously, right? You are, uh, you might have gone to the screening or you might have stayed home and watched it on the BFI player. So, uh, hey, there's still a chance, people. There is still a chance. Um, it's showing Tuesday the 12th, so tomorrow, at quarter past six at the uh, Lux, Odeon Lux in the West End, Leicester Square. Now, as of this, it says it's sold out. But there are often returns. So I would still double check because this one, people, oh, you will want to watch this film. You really will because it is so freaking good. It's 92 minutes, so not too crazy. Um, It's coming through Vertigo releasing, so they're distributing Right, not everything gets a distributor at this point, so I think that's promising. That's kind of telling you that yeah, this this should probably be be hitting the uh, if not the big screen, right? We come into a platform, so um, yeah, that that's a that's a good thing. But everyone's performance is so good, so good, right? You you have these incredible scenes so there's um you know talking about the servers right there, there's this situation with uh this young girl andrea and the way lauren afufu just carries that character you see all the emotions you really do is oh she does a superb job with that um I'd, I'd say Alice Theum as Beth, right? So there's a situation with Beth and um, uh, Izuku Hoyle's Camille. And whew, such a great, it's such a great scene. Such a great scene. And then the follow-ups from that are, it's just everyone kills it, right? Because you have people lose their tempers, we have people shouting, but it's not, you know, stupid. It's not ridiculous. It is done in that you could see the frustration with the characters. You know, it is so well honed. Ah, oh, like there are no weak links here, people. There are no weaklings i i can't speak more highly of this film it is so good so see if this ticket's still on the 12th right tomorrow if not just keep your eyes peeled because boiling point super people frigging superb and hey it, that this is just the epitome of what the London Film Festival is. You know what I mean? It, it really is. It's just great.
Okay, people, so now we've got another Netflix joint. Another strong Netflix joint, two people. Uh, yeah, it is Power of the Dog. So, um, people, in short. Okay, people, so I am now back from uh, an interesting piece, right? And, hey, I think sometimes you can get the get a gist of a film by its title. This one, nah, right? So it's a power of the dog, which I mean, you might assume it's about shepherds, right? Or, or something like that. No. No, it's a Western. Yeah. Who the fool? I don't know. I, I Maybe it's based on an old expression or something like that, but I don't know. What I do know is it was a bloody good film, right? So um, it is the new film from Jane Campion. She wrote and directed. It's actually based on the 1967 book of the same name by Thomas Savage. Yes. It is um, produced by Emily Sherman, Ian Canning, Roger Frapper, uh, Tanya uh, Sedge Hashen, and Campion as well. Cinematography is Ari Wagner is edited by Peter uh, Skibireras. Music is Johnny Greenwood. I believe this is his second in the festival. Um, or, or maybe there's another one. But yeah, Johnny Greenwood, he's putting in work. Right? So, um, yes, that's that. And the cast. Oh, my gosh. It's got a very good cast, right? we got Benedict Cumberbunch as Phil Burbank, Burbank, even. And Jesse Plemons plays his brother, George Burbank. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is Rose Gordon. Um, she's got a son called Peter, and he is played by Cody Smith McPhee. Right, uh, Tamsin McKenzie. Hey, she, she's got her second film of the festival now. It's a very small part compared to last night in Soho, but she plays Lola. Uh, we've got Genevieve Lemon plays Mrs. Lewis, Keith Cardine plays Governor Edward, Francis. Conroy plays old lady. Peter Carroll is old gent. <laughs> and Adam Beach is Edward Napo. So, yes, that's the cast. And uh, if you want to know what the film is about, well, let me break it down. Okay. Severe, pale-eyed, handsome Phil Burbank is brutally beguiling. All of Phil's romance, power, and fragility is trapped in the past and in the land. He can castrate a bull calf with two swift swash of the knife. He swims naked in the river, smearing his body with mud. He is a cowboy as raw as his hides. The, the year is 1925. The Burbank brothers are wealthy ranchers in Montana. At the Red Mill restaurant, on their way to market, the brothers meet Rose, the widowed proprietress, and her impressionable son, Peter. Phil behaves so cruelly, he drives them both to tears, reveling in their hurt and rousing his fellow co-workers to laughter, all except his brother George. 
who comforts Rose, then returns to marry her. As Phil swings between fury and cunning, his taunting of Rose takes an eerie form. Oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's basically the film, people. So we open up, right, and we get a voiceover of someone saying, um, you know, when my dad, when my dad died, I, I really looked out for my mum. I was there for my mum for some Paul. Then we see the brothers, the brothers talking, and straight away you see a power dynamic here, right? We we see Phil, you know, he he looks down you know, somewhat on George, right? Because he sees George as the softer brother, the more caring brother, right? And these are frivolous things. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And just these comments, like the way he refers to George, it's just mean. It's mean. But it's also, so it's weird though, right? Because within the film itself, we're seeing all of this. But you also see that he does care for his brother, right? Like, he will do things to help George. So it is, part of it is that whole you know, sibling rivalry thing. There is definitely a mean streak to Phil. And you do wonder what, what led him to this, right? Did someone he cared about die? Was he betrayed? Like, what was the thing? Now, he, um, you know, he, he reveres, uh, Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think of the dude's name. Like I was gonna say Buffalo. I'll say Buffalo Jack. I, I think I've got that wrong though. Right? And he's a guy that taught Phil and George how to be ranchers. Right. And it seems like they both had nothing going for them. Right? Nothing at all. And this guy just took him under the wing, right? taught them, taught them, gave them this opportunity, and now, yo, they're wealthy, man, they're living large, right, so he, you know, he will always refer back to Buffalo Jack, you know, he, that, 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 that's his, that's his person on the pedestal, right, and throughout the film, he will refer to him, now, there is actually something because there's a thing when you know, as mentioned, right? They go to this place, they go, they stop up at the restaurant, they, they just ranched, um, or whatever I don't know what you would call hustle. Is it Russell the cattle? Hustle the cattle? I don't know. When you they've just rounded up all their cattle, right? They've, they, they've been doing this so they're hungry, so they come and get food, so a fried chicken. Right, and it just oh my gosh, it looks so good. I was just like, oh, it's eight in the morning, but damn, hungry. <laughs> um, so they're getting this food, right? They're being fed, they're being treated well, but feels a cunt, right? He, he he's nasty, right? He mocked Peter, who'd made these flowers. You know, he made these paper flowers. Right, real intricate origami, and you know, place of and his rose, his mum, she was just thrilled, she just thought it was incredible. So, he encouraged him, so he put him on the table, you know, and yeah, Phil just mocked it, mocked it using one to light his cigarette. Right, it just means spirited shit. Hey, so you, you have all of this, and then after you know George marries Rose, 
he 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 picks on Peter, right? Referring to him as a, a Nancy boy, right? But something is said in the film which does make you wonder. Does make you wonder if maybe something happened to Phil, right? Maybe something happened to him that has has made him have a hatred, a hatred for soft, as he said, soft homosexual people, right? You do wonder because, yeah, this thing where you, you find out he he refers to it as something else, but you you think, huh, okay, possibly now it, it maybe that nothing happened. Maybe it was an innocent thing, and it was literally just a thing to do the thing. But maybe something else, right? Because that that could be why. Because, yeah, because there is just this meanness, like he taunts Rose religiously finding these just horrible ways to victimize her and you know try and make her look small he believes she's a money grabber she's just after george's cash that's why she married him it's um you know it's interesting though i think one thing he does say about rose is kind of true it is kind of true right now, I think what we see, because, you know, essentially not a crazy lot is happening in this film. It's mainly like the, the these people inhabiting this space, right? How they're impacting their lives and all of that. But it is so compelling. It, it feels so rich, Oh my gosh, it feels so rich. And partly that is because the incredible cinematography. Oh my gosh. Right? We we often are seeing these these sprawling hills, right? The 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 the, 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 you know, the, 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 the kind of the dust tundras of the outback, right? The west. Right, we see all of this, and it is these rock formations and all of that. And I think part of it is, you know, it, it looks great, but then we also kind of hear that Phil can see something in this, right? He knows where the cattle is. He's got an eye. He can read the ground. He can read the ground. And I think he's surprised when Peter seems to have that same ability, you know? Um, but yeah, it's so just, whew, it's so nice. So this film looks great. It looks great. Think of some of your favorite Westerns. You know, Seraphina Falls came to mind watching this. So there will be, you know, old country for no men, right? There will be blood. Right, it's got that similar kind of feel to it. But also, the score. Johnny Greenwood is a master when it comes to score. And it's just these, these riffs, right? These guitar and, um, I don't know, I thought there was some cello or some other instruments up in there. And it's just the way the music kind of is just there just there inhabiting the background, right? Just lifting it up. It, it, it really works. I really enjoyed it. You know, it, 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 it's just a really just rich film. Like, the acting is fantastic. The acting is fantastic. You know, everyone really delivers these roles. You believe all of these characters. You know, you, you see the Corsic side of Phil. We see this, you know, caring side of George. Rose comes off as, you know, th this, this fragile, loving person that wants to take care of her son. You know, trying to fit into this situation 
all of that really comes to life. And, uh, you know, Peter, right? Jo you know, Jody br brings Peter to life. We, like, we see Peter, you know, this is a lot of different faces, a lot of different faces to Peter in this film, right? This, this kid that wants to please his mum, right? Then is oh, really looking for the acceptance of those around him. I think mean, partly, maybe, you know, he, he, he doesn't have a dad, right? So, you know, all male figures, it's just like, oh, you know, a father figure here, right? So there's that, right? Once his mum's married, George, right? You, you then see him, you know, trying to fit in on this ranch, and then he's studying. So that aspect of him. So we're seeing a lot of different faces to Peter. And yeah, everyone just delivers these great characters. Right? Delivers these great characters. Because in a film where there is no huge plot devices as such. Right? There is a lot riding on script. There is a lot riding on the performances of our actors and actresses, right? The score, all of these things now become even greater importance because if they don't deliver, then it is so noticeable, right? Because it, we're not watching people in this race against time to save the world or, you know, to rob this bank or, you know what I mean, get revenge. That's not the driving force. So you're, you're then inhabiting this space with these characters. You know what I mean? You, you are sucked in to look at this. We're now voyeurs and they have to deliver. And with the power of the dog, oh my days, people, everybody delivers. Everyone really does. There is some just powerful moments in the film, you know, and, and the end really does kind of, it does hit you because you're like, yo, what the fuck? You know, like nothing huge happens, but just the ramifications of a thing. And you're just like, Phew. but the West be hard, people. The West be hard. So, you know, right? Anything's possible. You know, you do wonder. But you then also you do kind of wonder, was it an accident? Was it on purpose? Like, what happened? What happened? Right? So... Man, there's so much to this film, which weirdly, you, you, I don't think you would suspect. I don't think you would suspect when someone just tells you the plot, the gist of it all, right? You'd be like, eh, I mean, is that really going to be compelling? Do I really care? People, trust me. You will. Oh my gosh. You will find it compelling and you will care. Now, you might think to yourself, how am I going to get to see this film? Well, I can tell you, people. I can tell you. Uh, because it's going to uh it's gonna hit the cinemas. You know, and then it's coming to the streamers, right? Which is, uh, yeah, always a good look, always a good look. But, um, you know, before that, because, yeah, it, it's always good to try and I think see these things in the festival, you know, if you can, just because it's that. I don't know, there's a vibe to it, right? There's a vibe. So if you didn't get a chance to see it today, it's screening tomorrow, Tuesday the 12th, so it's midday, right? 
2.45, quarter to three, and it's playing at the Royal Festival Hall, which does seem like a very fitting venue for this film. Um, it is also showing on the final day, Sunday the 17th of October at 8.20 p.m., and this time it's at the BFI South Bank NFT one. Now, at the moment, it is showing as sold out. But as you know, people, these things change, right? So if you checked on the day, there's possibly, possibly going to be returns. But if you don't get to see it at the festival, don't worry. Because it will be hitting cinemas for a limited release from the 17th of November. And then it comes to Netflix on the 1st of December. So, uh, yeah, there are your opportunities to view this, people. And view this, I believe you should. But, uh, yeah, Jane Campion and People's really did their thing here. The power of the dog. Oh, it is a nice one. It really... Yo, people. So, um, yeah, that's it. We are coming to the end of another one. Boy, hope you enjoyed. You know what I mean? Three very different films, right? So, as always... Look, all the information, your links, trailers, all of that is in the episode, right? So go follow people, do your thing, right? Share, always share, people, always share, you know what I mean? Um, and, yo, just so you know, right? Hey, it ain't just about watching films, because in the background, been doing work. So I should have some fun interviews to bring you before this festival is done, okay? So, yes, we're done for today, but of course we will be back because we're just at the halfway point, people. We've got six more days of this shit to go. So, people, boom. Enjoy, and we will catch you tomorrow, all right? Peace!